The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Men on the face of the earth, Chase Madorsky and Alex Spector. Welcome to episode 24 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with my dear friend Sam Beck. And back from his summer camp odysseys, uh, he's been gone since about when? Call it June 15th? Uh, I think I got to camp June 16th. I was a day off. That's what true friendship is all about. Bryce Holden is back and better than ever, ready to start his senior year of college. Um, and I could say this because he doesn't want his mom to know, but I can guarantee his mom doesn't listen to this. No chance. She um, Bryce locked up his first internship over the summer. Uh, so believe it or not, you are going to see this man in the working world soon. And may God have mercy on all of our souls. It's time. It was time for me to become a grown-up, so we'll take the plunge. There you go. This is episode 24 of our show. So i got to ask you guys this, because usually when I do my little Yankee number spiel here at the beginning, it's pretty clear-cut who the number pertains to. Like 23 was clearly Robinson Cano. Nope. Or not Robinson Cano. I got ahead of myself. I suck. 23 was clearly Don Mattingly. 21 was clearly Paulie. 20, Jorge, so on and so forth. So the number 24, we've had a couple different... Successful number 24s in our lifetime. So I'm going to give you four Yankee number 24s from the, our lifetime, and you tell me who you associate with the number. I know before. So the first one is Don't You Know Robinson Cano. I blew my load a little early on that one. Uh, the second one, current Yankee, Gary Sanchez, uh, who seems like he's going to hit 230 every year but hits a lot of home runs, which is cool. The next one I'm going to throw in, maybe not the most popular, but a guy I always love, Ruben Sierra. No. I mean, that is crazy. It's, Why? Yeah. It's not Ruben Sierra. I'm worried who number four is going to be. Well, I'm going to do some honorable mentions real quick, too. Right. Um, so honorable mentions go to Sidney Ponson. Nope. Nope. Um, Zolio Almonte. Also nope. nope. You remember Chris Young? He was a good outfielder. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the only Jew to wear 24 oh. with the Yankees, Ike Davis. Oh, but absolutely not. not. Absolutely but for not. me, number 24 will always be University of Tampa alum, went to college with my dad, Constantino, Tino Martinez. Yeah, Tino's a good choice. It's definitely Tino for but me. But I'm going Robbie Tino. I love Robbie. Robbie Tino. and Gary are, are close second and third wow. for me, but I don't think – I think Tino's uh, I think that's number one. You ready? I think that's throw, where Beck being three years older than me shows up. I'm going to throw yeah. – I'm going to throw – I think that's why. I forget that we're two and three years older than me. Yeah, because I remember Cano starting in 05. All right, I'm going to throw two more names into this list. Why? Just, just, to, just for the sake of this was a good number. Uh, Ricky Henderson made four all-star appearances with the Yankees wearing 24. He's number four, by the way. Slick Rick. He's ahead of all the other random guys. You know. and He's ahead of Ruben Sierra. And That's for sure. In back-to-back years, the Yankees had a baseball Hall of Famer wear number 24 and a football Hall of Famer wear number 24. Neon Dion, Dion Sanders. And he's number five. He would be number five. He actually might be number one for me because that's awesome. He's mad cool. Definitely the best TV guy on this list. The only one, but... Tino's uh, a handsome fella. Tino, but he's not on TV. He does games sometimes. Like, very occasionally, though. And they're Dion's got, like, a steady network gig where he says outrageous stuff about the NFL. And goes to the Combine. He does. And what was that? Who was the one guy he played in the commercial? Ooh, it was, like, Probably, Rion, uh, Rion yes. Landers. Yeah. Something like that. Why do I think it was like Sandcastle for something? It was. It was. It was. Sand- it was Leon Sandcastle. Leon Sandcastle. That is a name that I couldn't think of in my wildest NFL my player. Well, that's because your name's not Deion Sanders. That's, <laughs> really, that's probably really easy for him to cope with. The only exciting part names. of my name is when people go, "Oh, does it end in an I or a Y?" Not very exciting. Yeah, I have zero excitement in my name. Some people think you're holding Caulfield, maybe. Some people think I'm Bryce Harper. Some people, not really. It's the looks, isn't it? I think it's I how he, I think it's how he swings a bat. 
It's the intensity. All the above. All the above. So we're going to get right into our show. Uh, a couple good division races heating up, but first we're going to do our Bavada Sportsbook Picks of the Week. Uh, so the first game on the docket is the Nationals visiting the Pittsburgh Pirates. Minus 1.5, plus 115, minus 129 for the Nats. Plus 1.5, minus 135, plus 109. Those are our first Bavada lines of the night. Guys, who you got for this one? Who's pitching? You know, the website didn't have it. <laughs> I'm going to take the Nats <laughs> minus 1.5. I think that's a pretty good guess. Um, I'm going to go Nats minus 1.5, plus 115 too. The Pirates have had a second half, a pretty infamous second half at this point. I think they've won like six games since the break. So give me the Nats. I'll take the Pirates at home. Trevor Williams happens to be pitching against Joe Ross. Ooh, Joe Ross. I almost picked him up in fantasy. Uh, speaking of which, I forgot to set our lineup this week. It's so okay. I will we go are with still beating Noah, and we're not in last place. God bless. What a country. All right, next Bovada game we have. Uh, this is going to be our crapshoot game of the week because the Royals are in town against the Orioles. Jorge Lopez for the Royals. John Means, Rookie of the Year candidate for the Orioles. Plus one and a half, minus one fifty, plus one eighteen, and for this one, I'm going to bring the over and over ten and a half um, for this game. For the Orioles, minus one and a half, plus one thirty, minus one thirty eight. For this game, I'm taking the over ten and a half, minus one twenty. I'm going to go Orioles minus one and a half. Uh, you don't get to bet on the Orioles very often. Mean seems to be the pitcher to bet on if you're going to take the Orioles at home against the shitty Royals team. That's the you sold me. Let's go Orioles minus one and a half. You'll have whatever he's having. Yeah. All right. Next game, not a ton of meaning for the Mariners, but a little bit of meaning for the Yankees because they are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, if the Rays lose, the Yankees pick up another game and get that much closer to clinching the AL East. Uh, you have Marco Gonzalez on the bump for the Mariners. Brendan McKay, the two-way player for the Rays. Bavada has these lines at plus one and a half, minus 105 Mariners, plus 185 money line. Minus one and a half, minus one fifteen, minus two fifteen raise. In this game, give me raise minus one and a half, minus one fifteen. I'm not really sure about either of these pitchers, so I'm gonna take the over. Kind of a cop out bet. I'm gonna take the, the over is eight for reference. The over is eight. I'm gonna take the Mariners money line. Good value. Do you actually know. think so? No, but <laughs> that's a big plus number. I'll, I'll, I like that. All right, the only game tonight with serious playoff implications, Zach Davies and the Brewers visiting the Cardinals, Dakota Hudson on the mound for the Redbirds. Uh, these two teams, they've been in a battle for the NL Central all year, and that has continued. Bavada has this as plus one and a half, minus 175 for the Brewers. Even money line for the Brew Crew, minus one and a half, plus 155, minus 120 for the Cardinals. For me, this is as simple as Christian Yelich is playing. For that reason, give me the Brew Crew even. Brew Crew even. I'm going to take the Cardinals because Davies is coming off the aisle. So give me the Cardinals, minus 120. I had a gym teacher named Mr. Davies. Big pothead. How do you know that? Because, like, we would, like, lift up the softball bag to bring it out. Did you ever play softball in high school gym class? I did. I, I pitched. Didn't, I didn't have gym in high school because I was on sports teams. Oh, uh, yeah. Was a private school. I was an athlete, so I was excused from gym. That's amazing. <laughs> I had to pitch for my gym softball because of my T-League experience. Can I ask a question, Chase? Sure. Backtracking slightly. Are the Cardinals the only red bird in the MLB? Red Sox. Those are Sox. Yes. Reds. They're the red birds. What about the Reds? They're just red. It's kind of confusing. Well, one team's Reds. One team's the Red Birds. But responding to your comment about my gym teacher, what about the Hawks? I know they're not in baseball. Hawks are not red. But man, were they good in the Mighty Ducks. I agree. That's true. But anyway, my gym teacher, uh, we would like lift up the bag of softballs to bring it outside and just reeked of pot every day. Really? So I think he was stashing pot in the softball bag. Right. I never had the foresight to like actually go look and see if I could take his pot. That wouldn't have been cool. No, not cool. Not cool. But Mr. Davies was really cool. Ask Watson and Hamburg about looking through people's bags, finding search a pot. I'm going to avoid that one because they're all my friends. But Cardinals Brewers, who you got? I'm going to go with the Brewers, Chase. All right. And the last game we're going to pick, Edwin Jackson is somehow still living and breathing in the MLB. I love him. I think this is like his 16th team. I think he was on 14 with the Blue Jays and then the Tigers that are retread. Ooh, that's a good call. He's been on the Tigers before. So the Tigers and Edwin are visiting Wade Miley and the Astros. 
Nevada has this at plus one and a half, plus one eighty, plus three fifteen for the Tigers. Minus one and a half, minus two hundred, minus four thirty. <sighs> the t- the Astros are going to light up Edmund Jackson. I don't think he's going to get through three innings. Over. This is one where shooters got to shoot. Give me the Tigers plus three fifteen. Yeah, a ten dollar bet on the Tigers isn't bad. I think that's Bovada's best value. I'm taking the over as well, Bryce. All right, so those are our Bovada Sportsbook picks of the week. Now that we got that in, we could do a little banter. Um, you know, we, we've been a little lazy on our Bovada picks, but I wanted to make sure we got that in. So with that said, a lot just happened uh, in all of our lives, I would say. Um, your dad was mistaken for Billy Joel over the phone. Yes. Um, he called – so for, uh, for reference, his first name is Joel – um, Joel Beck, so it's Billy Joel's rever- initials reversed, to yes, be fair. Yes. Called to make a reservation um, for my family with just six people. We showed up to the restaurant, and there was three separate tables all accommodating six people. You know what I was about to say? How do you guys have six people? And then I remember there's four kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a bad friend, Chase. <clears throat> anyway, three uh, open tables for six people, a whole bunch of people waiting to sit down. Um, they were clearly being saved for us. We got there. They asked which table we would prefer. We picked the best one of the three, obviously. Enjoyed our meal. We were walking out, and the waitress came up and asked, by chance, do you go by Billy Joel, sir? And he said no. Turns out the person who he made the reservation with was a bit confused um, and thought Billy Joel would be dining at the establishment um, and that that would be my father, but that is not the case, unfortunately. That's just wild, man. Crazy. Yep. And Bryce, I mean, we do have a contingency of listeners who are Scatico listeners, so we're going to do a little Scatico circle jerk right now. Uh, you Let's had a, do it. You had a big last week at camp. Your first time color war judge. Uh, you got to hang out with my brother a few days to do that, which was cool. Uh, what was that experience like? Judging color war <clears throat> was probably the hardest I've ever worked to this point in my life. <clears throat> so people at the internship, get ready. I've got experience now. It was interesting to see camp run, to make camp run from that perspective. And there were parts of it that, that weren't a lot of fun. A lot of being yelled at for a lot of things I didn't deserve to be yelled at for. So some, That's good. That, that maybe more so than anything will get you prepared for the work world so much. Would you agree with that statement? Um, being yelled at for things that you don't deserve to be yelled at? Yeah, pretty much that sums it up. Yeah, so I got a lot of experience over on that. Uh, I got a, a couple new T-shirts out of the deal, but I'm not supposed to be harping on that. Not our camp's motto, not a swag camp. Apparently we're against consumerism now. Very anti-consumerism, uh, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I, I like running the camp for a while. Now let me ask you this, and I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. How much did me pretty much having a program ready to go for you expedite this process? It helped a lot, but there was a whole extra division of kids there. That's add, true. So we had to do a lot of adding on that. There was a lot to add. We had to work in a bunch of freshman events. But it was still fun. Hamburg and I did a lot of the pre-Color War setup. And working with Hamburg was fun. Then we got, we got a lot of it done. But we were exhausted by the end. I'm still ca- catching up on sleep. You want to talk about catching up on sleep. Uh, I had the... I don't know fortune or misfortune, I don't know what word I want to use yet, of seeing Little John in concert in Atlantic City. And my Atlantic City visit was great. Probably until Little John, um, I ran into my cousin. And I don't even have a lot of cousins. I see this guy maybe once or twice a year. Ran into him at the Little John concert. um, And then from there, proceeded to drink some Don Julio that I really didn't need and then lose $300 playing blackjack. You never need the Don Julio, but it's a good flex move. It's a great flex move, uh, but the blackjack was a real bummer. Definitely not ideal. Uh, what'd you cap yourself at for the weekend? What did you? It was supposed to be two hundred. Well, I think it's usually a one point five type deal from whatever you set out, right? So on that logic, you and that's what makes me sleep at night. It's at least a one point five deal. Yeah, it's so, a one point two hundred. Sounds like the soft cap, then three hundred, the hard cap. So then you could probably go up to five hundred. If I had gone up to 500 like my one friend did, I would be crying myself to sleep still. Yeah, well, maybe it's good you stopped at 300. It's probably for the best. Uh, moving back into the baseball world, uh, looking at the standings around the league, AL East more of the same. Yankees at 83 and 43, nine and a half up on the Rays, who are 73 and 52. 
Red Sox 16 back at 67-59. Blue Jays and Orioles are rounding out the rest of that division. Um, and I guess one thing worth noting at this point, you know, we've been doing the wild card the past few weeks. We also need to start tracking overall best record in baseball um, yes. because they finally got rid of the heinous All-Star Game rule where whoever won the All-Star Game got home field advantage in the World Series. Now, like every other normal sport, it's just best record. I like the All-Star rule. I thought it was going to give value to that game. You are the only one. Oh. You think so? Yeah. It meant something. It but, it, but it doesn't mean anything. Sure it does. It means the winner of the game gets home field in the World Series for some reason. I think reason. the players now, though, if they want to get like 50K each, I think they'd rather have the 50K. They'd rather the 50K, but I don't get a sense of the Why, 50K. If you were like a team that was a, a World Series contender, wouldn't you be so bummed if like 90% of the team or 80% of the team was not members of your club? I'm not saying it made sense. I'm just saying I liked it. Okay. From a fan's perspective, it was something to look forward to. I mean, there's no years to me that really come out in particular um, where it came back and bit a team in the butt that they didn't have home field advantage in the World Series. But the Yankees right now, for instance, are one up on the Dodgers. I would say it's going to be a three-team race between the Yanks, the Dodgers, and the Astros, who are three and a half back in the Yankees. For some of those teams, and I'm going to say the Yankees specifically, whose pitching staff isn't too great. That's huge. And for what it's worth, you look at those three teams, Yanks are 49-20 at home, Dodgers are 48-16, and 16, Astros are 43-15. and 15. Those are massive home and away splits. Yeah. Well, you definitely want home field advantage in the World Series. No, but I think there's some teams that it affects less. Like if the Indians get there, for instance, they're 39-26 at home, 35-25 on the road. It doesn't seem like they're super dependent one way or the other. But for some teams, I think it would be a really... 49-20 and 20 at home is really good. Unbelievable. I mean, that's elite so 43, Yeah, all three of those teams. Wow. <clears throat> so moving to the AL Central now, we're talking about the Indians. Twins are back in first, 76-48. and Tribe are two and a half back. White Sox, 20 and a half back. Royals and Tigers are way at the bottom. Jason Stark tweeted this week, and I do think it's interesting to remember keeping forward, uh, the Twins fell out of first place this week. Only one team in the World Series era has ever held a lead of 11 and a half games or more over the second-place team in its league or division and not finished first. And those were the 51 Dodgers who lost to Bobby Thompson's Giants in the shot heard around the world. That was a good team, the 51 Dodgers. Very good team. A lot of Hall of Famers. By my count, four. I'll look it up. Well, there's four for sure, and I think there should be a fifth in Gil Hodges. Jackie's in, Roy Campanella's in, Duke Snyder's in. Um, Pee Wee Reese is in. Can you look, Bryce? Was uh, Don Drysdale wasn't on that team, right? Him or Sandy Koufax? I don't think so. I think that's a little before their time. Um, but regardless, I think if you're the Indians, especially, and you do finish a game or two out, I mean, look, I think they crushed that Trevor Bauer trade. I mean, Puig and Reyes have been hitting bombs for them. Uh, although, Puig, did you watch any of that Yankees twin uh, Indian series this weekend? Uh, the Puig when he squatted like the Venezuelan kid? He just, when he plays right field, and, and again, I hate to use these comparisons, but I feel like every Cuban baseball player I see play in the outfield are the most nonchalant fielders I've ever seen. Do you think that's just because they all have rifles for arms and they're like, eh, if I juggle a ball, I'll just hose the guy at third or home? Puig has a cannon. A cannon? So, uh, Puig's kind of a head case. I mean, the Yankees on Friday had bases loaded, no outs, and hit two fly balls to Puig, where I think any other right fielder in baseball, with a few exceptions... You're running no matter what. They didn't even try it. And we ended up not scoring that inning. And that, to me, was a typical Yankees, like, oh, boy, bases loaded, no outs. This is where we lost the game. We won. But but we usually win, especially at home. So we haven't had you on in a little bit. Right now, if you had to make a prediction, Indians or Twins, who's coming out of the Central? Indians. They have the momentum. Fair enough. AL West, Stroh, 79-46, seven and a half up on the Athletics. Uh, and then you have the Angels, the Rangers, and the Mariners at 17 and a half, 18 and a half, and 27 games back, respectively. A's this week, uh, three-game series with the Yanks, big week for them. How interesting do you think they can make this with the Astros? Not very interesting. Seven and a half is a lot to make up in a month and a half, especially now that the Astros have Granky. So they're, they're not going to go on a losing streak. They're calling up their top prospect, A.J. Puck, to pitch yes. against the Yankees this I week. I saw that. Great name. It's a baseball. It's a hockey name. 
I don't even know if it's a hockey name. It's got puck in it. It's a Shakespearean name. Fair enough. Uh, Good point. Good point. AL wildcard right now. You got the Indians one up on the Rays uh, for the first and second wildcard respectively, and the A's one and a half back. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Season ends today, it'd be Indians and Rays. Do you think those are the two wildcard teams? Well, I'd have to worry about the Twins if they keep losing. I'm going to repurpose this question. Do you think it's going to be the Rays and the winner or, and the second-place team in the AL Central, or are the A's going to find their way in like the A's tend to do? I'd have to look at their schedule. If they are playing, if they have enough games against the Astros, they got this series with the Yankees, I could see them losing that spot. That, plus, they're in the, the backseat. They have to make up ground somewhere. So what an interesting note for the Yankees is we battle for number one overall seed. This is a tough week for us. Uh, we're coming off 19 games in 17 days, uh, which we went 15-4. and four. The Yanks crushed it. Oh, the A's have a very bad schedule, or very easy. They have the Angels, the Tigers, four against Houston, Texas. Rangers, Kansas City, Texas, Angels, and Mariners. So they just got to get through us and the Strohs. Yeah. The Yanks this week... This could be, I mean, look, it's not going to be a make-or-break week, but the Rays could conceivably make up the ground because we have three against the A's and then three against the Dodgers. None of those are gimme games. No. I mean, we do generally have success against Oakland in the Bronx, but circle this week is the week that maybe Tampa makes a little bit of a move and makes the division a little more interesting. I don't think the Rays are going to catch the A's. No, neither do I, but you never know. If they're going to do it, this is the week they got to start making up ground. This would be the week to start. But nine and a half is it's a lot of games. So in the National League East, Braves 74 and 52, five and a half up on the Nats, 67 and 56. Phillies and Mets hanging around at nine, eight, 60, or nine games back, 64 and 60. Marlins way down below, 45 and 78, 27 and a half games back. And at least it's interesting because the Braves lineup, as good as it is, the pitching is really just uninspiring outside of Mike Soroka. Um, Dallas Keuchel has not been as advertised, I would say. Uh, he's been solid, but not great. Well, that's what people thought he was. That's why I didn't get signed. Mike Fultonevich has been meh. Um, I mean, do you think with Scherzer coming back that the Nats do have enough firepower to catch the Braves in the East? Uh, it's only four in the loss column, so maybe. But with the – we'll probably touch on it later. Okunia has been unbelievable. He did get benched yesterday for lack of hustle. I like when people get benched for lack of hustle. Preaches hustle. It's a wake-up call. Yeah. And Brian Snitker is an old-school baseball manager. And Acuna said, look, I respect him for it. And uh, he wasn't angry at all. But just something to keep in mind for going forward. Uh, National League Central, the Cardinals and the Cubs are tied 65-56, and 66-58, and 58 respectively. Brew Crew, two out, 64-60. and 60. Reds, 58-65, and 65, seven and a half back, despite being seven games below 500. Pirates, 51-72, and 72, and 14 and a half back. Who do you think wins this division, and do you think 90 wins gets it done? 90 wins should get it done, based on percentages. Well, percentage right now, you yeah, you need about 90 to get it done. No one's going to run away with this. This one's going to get decided that last week. And since they're all playing each other, I'll go with the Brewers because they have Yelich. As much as I want to pick Yelich as well, I just think, to me, the Cardinals are the least inspiring of this whole group. I mean, they're just solid. Jack Flaherty, though, since the break, may be the best pitcher in baseball. Wasn't he your side on pick? He was. Dude, he's been crushing it in the second half for us. I don't know if you knew we had him in fantasy, but, like, he was one of my I-want-to-grab-him guys. He's got, like, a .7 ERA since the break. Ooh. I, I just think of all of these teams. Very good. It's really hard for me not to pick the Cubs. I just think the lineup is so good and so deep. Cole Hamels is back. Jose Quintana has, is having one of the best stretches of his career. He's going to be one of our players of the week, in fact, coming up. Uh, if they can get Kimbrell and Brandon Morrow healthy and get that bullpen going, I just think between Chris Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, Contreras, when he comes back, team's too good. And for the first time, maybe ever, Joe Maddon's managing for his job. Which is crazy. I don't think he – I think his job's done after this. I think they're both ready to go I think it's one of those situations, too, with Girardi, where, like, even if we had won the World Series in 2017. Like, I think he's run his course there. Yeah. For better I, or worse, it's, it's come to an end. I think the biggest thing, too, is in modern baseball now. Modern sports. Well, I mean, football and basketball, there's still some incredibly high-paid head coaches. Um, I just think in baseball, they don't want to pay a manager five, six million a year. That's why the Yankees got rid of Girardi and went to Boone. Um, and that's why I think Joe Madden is probably on the way out in Chicago. Where would he go? San Fran? New York Mets. 
I think Callaway saved his job too. I don't know. Callaway is. They'd have to make the playoffs. I, I just think with with Madden, it's going to be tough. I could see him being great in TV for a year or two and kind of just waiting for his job to open up. I don't think he's going to do what Ron Gardenhire did and take a spot with a terrible team like Gardy did with the Tigers just to manage in the game. I think Madden's legacy is so secure. Um, and like with a guy like Gardenhire, it's interesting because he's a guy who never won the World Series, but I would say as a manager is on the Hall of Fame periphery. Won't get in, Very, but will be discussed. He's and, on the periphery of the periphery. And all he's doing now is just nailing his chances a little further and further into the ground. And I don't think Joe Madden is one to do that. The Tigers are 37 and 84. He is not helping his Hall of Fame credentials at all. In fact, he's very much hurting them. No, I, uh, I, I totally agree. And I think... With Madden, you know, you mentioned the Giants. You know, they're run by... Um, the Rays guys. Yeah, Farzan Ali, I believe is his name. I probably just butchered that. I think it's Saidi. Yes. Uh, but he's a guy, like like you said, cut from the same cloth as Andrew Friedman from the Rays. To me, they're going to go analytics heavy in the next few years. Um, and I think for that reason, they're not going to pay a manager $5 million. I think, if anything, they're going to go uh, in-house and hire... Hensley uh, Manuel's Bam Bam was a finalist for the Yankee job just because he's been with the team for so long. Giants have a very outside shot at the playoffs. So transitioning to the NL West, the Dodgers are 18 and a half up on the rest of the division. Giants are in second, 63 and 62. D-backs 62 and 63. Padres 58 and 65. Rockies 57 and 67. I think if you're a Giants fan, the one thing you take solace in is I think this stretch run, all but guaranteed, they're going to re-sign Mad Bum. They have to. I think if you didn't trade him, I think Will Smith, you let go for a pick in the qualifying offer. No questions asked. But I think Mad Bum has turned back the clock a little bit in the second half. Not that he's old. He's 31. But I think he showed he's got enough gas up in the tank where you give him a four. He might be the oldest 31-year-old in baseball. Came up when he was 20. Yeah. And maybe that's what will scare the Giants away is there's a lot of miles on those tires. But he stayed pretty healthy except for that dirt bike incident. Yeah, his injuries have been relatively fluky, I would say. I think he took a liner off the arm and like broke his arm but again that's just part of the game the broken arms are easy to get it's the ligament stuff that once you have surgeries on you don't want to start and he stayed very clean of that and he's got a very fluid easy delivery you know he's not a guy i worry about mechanics at all uh moving to the wild card in the national league this should be very interesting um pretty much every team outside the pirates and marlins could have a shot going in nats plus one and a half up on the cubs uh for the two Wild card spots. Then the Brewers, Phillies, and Mets are two out. Giants, three and a half. D-backs, four and a half. Reds and Padres, seven and a half. To me, it's going to be the Nats. I think the Nats are going to make it. I think the Nats are definitely going to be one of the wild card teams. Then I think the Cubs win the Central. And from there, you know, the Phillies pitching outside of NOLA is not great. We'll talk about the Phillies pitching. We're going to talk about how they just lost Jake Arrieta and how David Robertson is going to finish his two years as a Philly with six and a half, six. Point two innings pitched, uh, which is unbelievable value for him for that twenty plus million he got. Are you sure this isn't his first season with the Phillies? I think it is. It is, but he's out all of next year too. Oh wow! So two years. Say a bad contract. Bad contract, but you know what? That's karma for what he did uh, on his way out with the Yankees, trying to screw all the clubbies out of a postseason chair. He did not try. He was successful. Um, but all that said, Charlie Manuel's back in Philly. We'll talk about that in a little bit. They got their old skipper back. I think he brought a little swagger. Bryce Harper is hitting like Bryce Harper. Um, and I think Harper is going to out Yelich Yelich down the stretch. And it's going to be the Nats and the Phillies. Harper does that. If he, if Har- when Harper's on, he's the best player in baseball. He's just not on very often, and he doesn't stay consistent. He doesn't do this. He does this every year. He'll bat 220 for a month, then have months where he's hitting 350 with 15 homers. Oh, yeah. But right now he's on one of those. Right now he's on one of those tears, and it's awesome. So those are our standings wrap up, or that that is our standings wrap up. Some of Bryce's picks, just because you never know when Alex is going to come and go. So chances are you're going to hear from Bryce again before the playoffs. But just in case you don't, those are some of his picks. My picks. Um, moving along to the league leaders across baseball, uh, not a ton of movement. Average is still the same. DJ LeMahieu, three thirty nine in the AL. Jeff McNeil in the NL at 332. However, one thing I do want to note, um, Gio Rochella 
is not a ton of at-bats away from qualifying from the average and the batting title. I believe right now it's around 10 at-bats he needs to qualify. Uh, his 336 would be second in the AL. Ooh. Could be a little fun. Uh, I know for the Yankees, I believe it was 85. Mattingly and Winfield went down to the last day for the batting title. Mattingly won, won the MVP. Winfield, though, you know, got the Hall of Fame in the World Series rings. So something to look out for. In Winfield York. had a better career than Mattingly. Oh, Winfield. He will, he will give him that batting title. I mean, not only that, Winfield got drafted by four different teams in three different sports. Yeah, kind of the man. Padres, the Hawks. I think the Vikings, and I forget the fourth team, but it was an ABA team. Ooh. So take that as you will. Uh, AL home run leader, Mike Trout, 41. Bellinger, 42 in the NL. AL RBI leader, we're going to talk about his scorching week in a second. Rafael Devers, 101 ribbies. Freeman leading the NL with 98. As much as I hate the Red Sox, I just want to say, if Mike Trout didn't exist as good of a year as DJ LeMay was having, uh, Raphael Devers, to me, would be the runaway pick for the American League MVP right now. Devers is awesome. Devers could not play another game this year. And 332, 27 homers, 101 ribbies, and 103 runs scored, he wins a silver slugger. Is he the best player on the Red Sox? Would you rather have him or Mookie going forward? I would rather have Mookie because of the whole body of work. I think defensively, the way he runs the bases, Mookie does so much. But Devers has now bounced back to the point where I mean, if you if you have a two three four going forward, assuming JD doesn't opt out, of Mookie Devers and JD Martinez, Bogarts throwing Bogarts and Ben Attendee, if that's your one through five building blocks, yeah, this has been a real disappointing year for the Red Sox. But if they retool the pitching a little bit in the offseason, you're feeling okay as a Red Sox fan. Yeah, I would agree with that. Wins leaders sixteen, only sixteen win pitcher in the all of baseball is Domingo Herman. He's in the AL. Steven Strasburg was 15 in the NL. This Herman year, I was looking for a comparison for it. It reminds me a lot of Ivan Nova's rookie year. That's he went 16 call. and four with like a 3.7 ERA. Um, was never like outstanding, but was always solid and just always seemed to be winning games. And to me, that's what Herman's been for us. Yeah, Herman has been great start to start, but he does enough, and we win a lot of his games. I think his stuff plays better than Nova, but I mean, I'd say he's better than Nova. That's just an easy comparison to make. Uh, ERAs, it's comical when you look at this AL and NL leaderboard. We talked about it a little bit last week. Charlie Morton's leading the AL with a 2.77 ERA. In the NL, he wouldn't even be in the top five. You have Ryu with 1.64, Soroka and the Braves 2.41, tied with Scherzer at 2.41, DeGrom 2.61, and Kershaw 2.63. I said it last week, but if he has a great September, don't sleep on DeGrom as a back to back Cy Young winner. Don't sleep on King Clayton coming back either. Uh, anyone who thought he was done, it's the classic rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. I don't know why people keep doing that. He's the king. He is the king. He's the king every year. Saves, you still got Chapman and Kirby Yates leading their leads respectively with 35. War still Trout and Bellinger, 8.2 for Trout, 8.1 for Bellinger. So here's an interesting question for you. When all is said and done... Clayton's career ERA is 2-1. It's 2-4-1. It's ridiculous. There's a tweet, I don't know it offhand, with Ryan, but Ryan Spader updates it from time to time. He lowered his career ERA like seven straight years. It's going up this year. It's going up with the two six three ERA. That shows just how great Clayton Kershaw has been. But Trout and Bellinger, you have to pick one right now. Who's going to lead the league in WAR at the end of the year? Trout. If you can ever pick Trout, pick Trout. When in doubt, pick Trout. That could be a good campaign slogan. Also, defensively, Trout's unbelievable. So is Bellinger. Though. I know he's going to win a Gold Glove and right. Mm-hmm. Sneaky value out there with the arm. Yeah. All right, so some of our players of the week, I just mentioned Devers, but to get a little specific, at 22 years, 293 days old, he's the youngest player ever to go 6-for-6 six six in a game, which he did in a 7-6 win against the Indians on Tuesday. And he's the first player with 100 ribbies and 100 runs in a season before turning 23 since Miggy in 2005. The only other Red Sox player to accomplish this feat, period, was Ted Williams in 1939 and 1940. So when you get in one tweet mentioned with Rafael Dev, or excuse me, with Ted Williams and Miguel Cabrera, you're having a really good season. And it's August. And it's August. So you figure, I, I looked before, he's on pace for 35 homers and 130 ribbies. Yeah, that's real good. And he's going to finish a distant second, if not third, in the MVP voting. LeMahieu second? LeMahieu will be in the mix because he'll finish yeah. with 
The batting champ. The batting champ, at least 25 homers, 100 ribbies, 100 runs. Played all year for the Yankees, injuries, yada, yada, yada. Is he the consensus best signing of the offseason across the league? I would think so. I mean, for $12 million a year, he's definitely the biggest bargain. Uh, another guy who would have to be up there for me is Charlie Morton with the Rays, because without him, who knows where that rotation would be. Uh, and on that note, could you imagine if Houston brought him back? No. And they had Verlander, Cole, Granke, Charlie Morton? Maybe they should have brought him back. They would have four of the ten best pitchers in baseball this year. Yeah, they would have. And that would that's kind of what worries me at this point when any pitcher goes to the Astros, like we saw with Aaron Sanchez uh, and his no-hitter in his first start. Whatever they're doing there with the spin rate or whatever it is with the analytics, uh, they just they turn crap into gold. It's the same thing the Yankees are doing with bats. Now we need to do with the pitching. Bad. We've needed to do with the pitching for a while. The bats were never our issue. Yeah, I still don't love the Yankees pitching going forward. So we talk about the bats. I think you and I talked about it this week. But given Gio Urshela, who we mentioned before, and the way he's hitting, Mike Talkman's really emerged for the Yankees. Cameron Maven is hitting like he's never hit. Uh, and as much as you hate him, Gardner hate him. is having his best hate offensive year of his career for $7 million. Do you try to package Clint and Miggy in a trade, uh, Miguel Andahar, and yes. try to go get a pitcher? To yes. me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, I like Clint, but I like... What are they going to be able to get? That's the question. I think you could get at least a solid 2-3 starter. Name him. I don't know offhand. Kluber? If this is it for the Indians? Maybe Kluber. I, I mean, to me, if you offer that those two guys for Mike Miner, that gets it done. Does that Mike- sounds like a terrible trade. Does Mike Miner scare me? Because given our recent track record of acquiring, acquiring tall white lefties, Paxton, Hap, etc., uh, does that scare me? Sure, but Yanks need a proven number one. And, and if they weren't either able to get one at the deadline or didn't want to give up those two guys, they're not going to do it now. It's not, yeah, it's not gonna I think they're going to give Garrett Cole a blank check. It's time to offer the blank check because uh, I do think he's worth it. Worth it. And I think the next guy that we're going to talk about, uh, he, when Zach Greinke went to the Astros, I think it helped the Yankees' pursuit of Cole so much because now I think the Astros will cap their spending on him because even if they lose Cole, they go into next year with Verlander and Greinke. And McCullers is coming back. McCullers is coming back, too, and a retooled Aaron Sanchez. You know, they do have to save some money to give Springer his extension, Correa, etc. They can now afford to do that if they let Cole walk. God willing, they do. Yeah, I'd be worried about him. I don't know if he goes to the Yanks. I think for that reason, the same reason the Yankees fans are afraid of the Astros getting arms, the Astros have the same fear about the Yanks. So they may offer Cole the blank check. Yeah, I think if I take a guess where Cole's going to end up, uh, the Rangers will be in the mix. They're opening a new stadium. I'll have that new stadium money, and they desperately need an ace. Uh, but to me, the favorite is going to be the Angels. Grew up in Los Angeles, and... They maybe even more so than the Yankees have needed an ace for so, so long in the Mike Trout era. What about Harvey? Exactly. He's back with the A's. They this offseason, Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey were their starters. You go get Garrett Cole and you pair him with Otani next year, that's a real scary one, too, with that lineup. Yeah. I'll give you that. But Zach Greinke. So Greinke this week. Uh, after the Astros beat the A's 4-1, he picked up his 200th win, joining CeCe and Justin Verlander as active pitchers with 200 wins. Um, it's pretty interesting when you compare his numbers to Roy Holiday. Um, Roy Holiday was just a first ballot Hall of Famer. Greinke in his career, 200-122, ERA, 125 ERA, plus 65.5 war. Holiday, 203-105, 3.38 ERA, 131 ERA, plus, and 65.4 war. Um, to me... Greinke is shaping up. He's got 2,584 career strikeouts, so 3,000 strikeouts is really in play, uh, especially if he wins a ring this year. But whether or not he does, he's shaping up to be a first ballot all finger. So you're saying no question he's first ballot? I, I think so. You think the bigger debate on him is first ballot or not first ballot? I think it's going to be. I think he's trending that way. I'd... Uh, six-time All-Star, Cy Young. Um, Depends how these next couple of years go at Houston. Five-time Gold Glove, two-time ERA champ. Silver Slugger? Silver Slugger. One Silver Slugger. I just think he's a guy that ERA is really good no matter what era you pitched in. I think if he finishes up his career with 
230 wins and 3,000 strikeouts, which I, to me is very in the realm of possibility. 3,000 strikeouts he's in. Especially pitching for the Strohs? Yeah, I think he's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer, and it's going to be a painful Hall of Fame speech given how much he hates talking in public. You may not go. You think he'll just write a state, like send a statement in and have somebody go read it? He's a weird dude. He's like very bizarre. He should, person. if he's going to do that, he should give the speech, give the speech to Tim Kirchin and have him give the speech. Or Bill Walton. I mean, Bill Walton on the White Sox call. I have that a little down on the notes. It was electric. Yeah. Like I, as a UCLA basketball fan, got four years of Bill Walton calling our games in person and on TV, and this was significantly crazier than anything I've ever heard. He doesn't know any of the players. No idea. Uh, or, been, or how the game works. Yeah, he's got no clue. Uh, Bellinger and Yelich, aside from going for the MVP, both set some milestones this week. Bellinger was the youngest player to hit 42 home runs uh, in a season since Nolan Arenado and Bryce Harper in 2015. Yelich became the first player to have a 40 homer, 20 steal year since Ryan Braun in 2012. But Braun did it tainted on steroids. Go Miami. Love you, buddy. Yes, uh, he's also the fastest player in a hundred, with 123 games in Brewers history to reach the 40 homer mark. Uh, so pretty impressive there. Let the record show Chase did throw the U up when he said that. And now he's doing it again. Perfect. Natural fit for Chase. The U, baby. See Tate Martell, my move the wide receiver? Huge game on Saturday. Who you got? Gators. That's the opening game? Week, Is that this Saturday? Week zero, Saturday, ESPN, 8 o'clock. Really? Might need to go watch that game somewhere. You might need to. Um, Brother Jimmy's. <laughs> Murray had one. Yeah. They're all closing. Such a sad, sad statement. So Mike Trout now has 72.4 career war, according to baseball reference. Tied for 57th most amongst position players. That's worth noting because his self-professed childhood idol, Derek Jeter... He has had as much career value in 10 years as Jeter did his entire career, uh, which just, in my mind, kind of shows as good as Jeter was with the bat and Captain Clutch, how mediocre he really was at shortstop. That makes me sad. Don't say that. Yeah, don't. That's don't, a weird, don't admit that, because other people say that enough. A weird thing about camp these days, the young kids don't know who Jeter was. Which is, really, that's... I could admit it, because at the end of the day, he could have been average or short or whatever, but we got five ranks. Yeah, but he wasn't. He was... He was Jeter. Yeah, come on. He's the best. The more I watch the dive into the crowd, the more I just think, eh, he did not need to dive. No, no. What are you doing? Chase. I'm a realist. He no. Was coming in now when it comes to G. He was coming in way too hot to put, hit the brakes there. And he should have won an Oscar for the other guys. Do you know what gets lost? Yeah. In, do you know what gets lost in the shuffle of the Jeter dive game? That was a one nothing 15-inning game against the Red Sox. That A-Rod won for us with a home run. No, Jack Flaherty. I think Jack Flaherty won that game. John Flaherty? John Flaherty. What am I thinking of with the A-Rod home run? Some crazy Boston game. I think that was right. I don't know which game we're talking about. That could have been the World Series here in 2009. I think it was after his steroid suspension. But anyway, so Trout is on pace for 10.7 war, uh, which put him at 74.9 career war, uh, which would allow him to pass Jeter, Larry Walker, Jim Tomei, Frank Thomas, and Reggie Jackson, amongst others. Unbelievable, this guy. Too good. Too good. Give him Garrett Cole. He deserves Garrett Cole. I just want to see Trout in the playoffs. It's like, at this point, we saw him once. They got swept uh, by the Orioles of all teams. Uh, Just let me see Mike Trout play in October. Give him a shot. Well, he'll he'll be with the Angels for a long time. Some may say uh, the next 13 years. Some Some might say that. He signed up for it. It's true. Uh, A guy who is going to be playing in October, Glaber Torres, he became the youngest player ever this week with seven multi-homer games in a season. Of all of the moves Cashman's made, Gio, Talkman, they've all been incredible. The fact that for three months of our role as Chapman, we got Glaber Torres and then got Chapman back, and I know the Cubs want to ring and they will do that trade every time. Uh, to me, that is Cashman's legacy-defining move right there. Because Gleyber Torres, to me, is a guy who's going to be a pinstripe for 15 years. I yeah. think I think more so it's a, like such a bad move on the Cubs' part. You look no. at how they won a World Series. You look at how good he's been to, to get a reliever for three months. Yeah, I know they won a World Series. Do you want me to be devil's advocate? So the 108 years to win the World Series aside, if they have Gleyber, I don't know if Javi Baez becomes Javi Baez. It's just another guy that cleared out to let Baez do his thing and become an elite player. Glaber's better. 
Yeah. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, they're both really good at hitting. If every game was against the Orioles, Glaber would be better. I think Glaber. That's yeah. I think look, we're we're comparing stud to stud right now. I think Baez is a threat on the base paths, which Glaber's not, and Baez has a significant edge defensively. I love Glaber. If you want to go back to bat, though, I mean, Glaber. you can make a case for Glaber. I, I think I it's, think Baez. I think it's Glaber could be the best second baseman in baseball for a span of ten years. We'll see where he ends up playing next he year. He wasn't with even the back. Yeah, he's not even a natural second baseman. So. Yeah. Uh, another guy who made headlines this week. If we're talking about the Hall of Fame. Mike Yastrzemski, son of Red Sox Hall of Famer Carl, uh, he had his first career three-homer game in his 70th career game. And for me, that's of note because his grandfather, Carl, played 3,308 career games and only had one three-homer effort May 19, 1976 against the Tigers. little bragging rights in the Yastrzemski family there. Uh, Got to give the Mets some love. My boy Pete Alonzo, hopefully going to carry me to the promised land in fantasy. He's the first rookie in NL history with 40 home runs. Uh, since the Rookie of the Year was handed out in 1947, every NL rookie to hit at least 33 homers won the award. Now that Tatis is injured, I think he's got it in the bag. He's a lock. He's the fourth Met ever with 40 home runs and the first Met with 93 ribbies since 2012. I'll ask you guys this. Alonzo's current pace is 52 homers, which would tie Aaron Judge's rookie record that he set in 2017. Is he going to catch Judge? No. I don't think so. It's 12 homers in the last month and a half of the year. I don't know. It's tough. I haven't watched enough Mets games. Do they just start But the thing that they have going for them is they're going to be competing in every game. They, they need to win every time they step on the field. Like, they're in a really tight race, so that might, might bring it out of them. I hope so. I would take the under on that, though. He also might crack under pressure. Find We've out, never seen him before. Find out what kind of guy he is. He is a rookie. That is true. He is a rookie. Never played in a pennant race before. Pennant race in New York, nonetheless. Yeah, but do the Mets count? <laughs> they do. All right, then. Because even if, here's the thing, though. Even if the Mets falter down the stretch, the teams that they're going to be playing in the division are all going to be playing for something. So they're not going to give up until the end of the year. That's true. Uh, another first baseman who's an absolute superstar, or at least was, Albert Pujols with 3,167 hits. Passed Adrian Beltre for the most hits by a foreign-born player in MLB history. So, for reference, Ichiro is a guy who comes to mind that he passed, Rod Carew. Uh, and to me, it's another reminder. You talk about kids don't know Jeter. I wish younger people got to see the pools we got to see. Same with Miggy, too. Yeah. Miggy kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. Miggy fell off a cliff real fast. He went from I never got injured to compounded by injuries. Yeah, but pools is sad. We were talking about Pujols the other day. He's sad. Though. This is, it's, it's what happens. Yeah, but he got bad as soon as he went that way. Yeah. He was... His, his agent earned every penny that he got out of that one. They yeah. got that World Series in St. Louis. Is he, is and he, he um, I don't think he is a Boris. I don't think he is either. I think he's uh, repped by Peter Lazaro on the MVP Sports Group. He's the machine. He is not the machine. He is Albert. Kids missed out on Albert. If nothing else, they missed out on a great Sports Center commercial. I don't even think kids these days would know those old Sports Center commercials. I don't even know if they know what Sports Center is. They know first take. And they do know first take. Uh, Chris Sale is likely out for the year with elbow mm-hmm. inflammation, uh, which puts, I would say, the nail in the coffin in the Red Sox season and Beck Cy Young pick. Um, yes. However, he does not need Tommy John, so glass half full for Red Sox fans. All that said, though, with the strikeout of Oscar Mercado to end the bottom of the third inning Tuesday night in Cleveland, he reached uh, 2,000 strikeouts for his career, and he's the fastest to reach 2,000 strikeouts, doing so in 1,626 innings. The previous record, Pedro Martinez, uh, he was the record holder in 1,703rd innings pitched. I guess that's a silver lining for sale this season. Yeah, it's a silver lining, but not much else. Disappointing, yeah. That's, That's it. Two more players of the week. Jose Quintana, I talked about him before with the Cubs. Tuesday, he became the second pitcher in Cubs history to strike out 14 batters while pitching six innings or fewer, joining Kerry Wood in 2001. The career-high game tied John Lester in 2015 for the most strikeouts by a Cubs lefty in any game over the last century. Uh, This week, in his two starts, 13 innings pitched, 21 Ks, one walk, one earned run. And over his last eight starts, he's pitched in Pittsburgh, PA, Philly, PA, and Williamsport, PA. Wow. How's that for a little uh, fun fact of the day? Certainly fun. Certainly something. 
Last but not least, Bryce Harper. Thursday against the Cubs, a heckler told him he was $330 million over three. Harper told him to shut the fuck up and then hit a walk-off grand slam. Uh, the homer itself was 113 miles per hour off the bat. It reached a maximum height of 158 feet. Um, his trot from first to home was 11.3 seconds. Is that what we're calling it, a trot? He was a sprint. He, that was, was, my next he was hauling. Home to first, it was 15 seconds, which was the fifth fastest home run trot in baseball this year. Would have been the fastest of his career. Uh, and this past week, 330, 467, 833, four homers, 12 ribbies. Like I said, if Harper gets hot, which he is, who knows what's going to happen in Philly. Or to, or to our fantasy team. <laughs> Do we have him in fantasy? He's our first pick. Jeez. When Harper Harper hits bombs, he hits bombs. He hits moonshots. They go so high and so far. You should do it all the time. Uh, I mean, ideally. For your fantasy team. And and Harper, you know, it's going to be interesting when all is said and done because he got paid all this money and people are going to say, oh, Harper sucks, this and that. But he's on pace right now to have a 866 OPS, 110 walks, 34 homers, 118 ribbies, and 100 runs. Sure, maybe that's not $30 million a year production, but... That's what tw- he does. But at the $25.4 million a year they're paying him, that's worth it. That is what he's been most seasons of his career. I think people got to accept that the 330 batting title year and the MVP, that was an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, this is what he is. This is the kind of baseball player he is. Super hot for months, super cold for months. Very streaky. Ends up with a pretty good year. All right, injury roundup because there's a lot of news this week. Uh, Rookie of the Year candidate Fernando Tatis is most likely done for the year. He was placed on the 10-day IL uh, prior to Friday's series against the Phillies, uh, battling back soreness. Uh, Again, Tatis was a stud this year at 20, 317, 390, or 379, 590 in 84 games. Um, But again, if you're the Padres and what was a down year, uh, this to me is the building block of all building blocks. And Machado. And Machado. And to think, you know who they got him for? They get him for Cashner? James Shields. Who did they get for James Tatis. They that got was Tatis from the White Sox straight up for James Shields. Ooh. Brutal. That's a bad trade. That's a very, very, very bad trade. So I mentioned the Phillies before that I think they're going to be the wild card team. But it'll be tough. So David Roberts is getting Tommy John. Likely only received six and two-thirds for his two-year deal. And this is tough because he averaged 65 appearances from 2010 to 18. Him and Tyler Clippard were the only two to do that. Um, and Jake Arrieta is also out for the year. He had surgery to remove bone chips in his pitching elbow. Uh, to me, Arietta could be done at this point also. 8-8 uh, and eight with a 4-6-4 ERA and 24 starts. Not great, but at least gave them innings. Uh, do you think the Phillies have enough pitching down the stretch to get this done? They'd have to hit their way to the playoffs. Because, no, they do not have enough pitching. But they might have enough hitting, so... So Corey Kluber, uh, the Indians' ace, was on his way back. He was removed from a minor league start after one inning because of abdominal tightness. Uh, the team said Kluber, who hasn't pitched in the majors since he broke his arm during a start on May 1st, was taken out of Sunday's game for AAA Columbus for precautionary reasons. If Kluber's not back and they go into the playoffs with the rotation of Shane Bieber, Clevenger, let's say Carlos Carrasco's back because he started his rehab, and Zach Plesak, is that enough to get it done in the American League? I wouldn't think so. But their middle of the lineup's just as good as anyone's with Lindor, Jose, and I guess Puig now. So there's a chance, but I wouldn't take them against the Yankees or the Astros. So another guy who's very detrimental to his team's success, Jeff McNeil. He landed on the IL list Wednesday with a strain left the hammy. Though manager Brody Van Wagenen described the strain as very low grade, and the team is hopeful he won't be out much longer than the minimum 10 days. If McNeil's injury drags on... Um, because we know, and Mets fans know, with Cespedes, how make-or-break hamstring issues can be. Do they have any shot without McNeil in the lineup? I don't think they have much of a shot with McNeil in the lineup. I'm not a big guy, believer. I don't believe in the Mets. Let me rephrase that. If McNeil's out, is that the nail in the coffin? No, because their, ba- their team's built on their pitching staff, especially with Stroman now. So losing a bat, if they're going to win these games, 3-2. to two. So Lindsey Adler of The Athletic reported that Brian Cashman thinks Giancarlo Stanton will be back in September. Uh, he's only played a total of nine games this year due to a PCL strain in his right knee. This is going to sound really crazy, but the way he's playing, do we want Stanton back? Voigt's going to be back. Without Stanton, the lineup has so much flexibility. I feel like Talkman and Maven do something incredible every day. We're so strong defensively in the outfield. To me, if he's not back, so be it. Don't rush it. 
He's got a fresh standard for 2020. To me, he's not the guy who's going to make a break it for us this year. I wouldn't rush it, but you'd want Stan back. If he's ready to play, you got to You play have him. to play Stan. He's too good, not to. I just, again, if he's not back by, I'm going to say September 10th, I don't want him on the postseason roster. I would give him more time than that. If he can play, he can play. He's He won the MVP two years ago. He hit 40 homers. And, and he's going to be in a situation where he has minimal pressure. No pressure. So that tends to be when players will just come out and could hit two home runs in the first game. Like, they'll go on an absolute. No, he won't. But he can go on a tear in the playoffs. Two big things for the Yankees, along with Stan. And, uh, Ace, Luis Severino took another step toward making his season debut, throwing off a mound at Yankee Stadium for the first time all year. That's a guy we need back. Threw a bullpen session. And Dylan Batances also, also threw a bullpen session. Um, he's building up, Aaron Boone said. And if he rebounds well after this, he would be very close to facing hitters. You get both of these guys back, even if you're throwing Severino in the bullpen, and you go into the playoffs with a mega bullpen of Chapman, Britton, Patances, Ottavino, Canely, Severino, uh, and Chad Green. It turns into a 3-4 inning game for Yankee starters, I think. I agree. That's why we need Severino back. Yeah, hopefully Severino. Honestly, I don't even want him as a starter this year. I want him as Tim Lincecum for the 2012 Giants. Just a dominant 2-3 inning weapon out of the I want him as a starter. Me too. Because I can't trust. Who, who's our one? Paxton? I think if it's at home, I'm okay with Tanaka going game one. Tanaka? Then you give, I think, Herman the ball in game two. All right. And you avoid Paxton in the Bronx for game three. So then against Houston, if they're throwing out Verlander and Cole, we're throwing out Tanaka and Herman. We're bullpenning it, baby. I think we have to. But that doesn't seem very good. No. No, it does not. But I think any team outside of the Dodgers with Ryu, Kershaw, and Bueller wouldn't match up to those three. Astros? I'm saying would not match up to the Astros. Just to be fair. To be fair, but that's Who's, a, Whose staff would you guys rather have, Astros or the Mets? Astros. Astros. Because all of those guys have been in a pennant race before. And I'd probably have three out of the first... I think three out of the first four Astros. Cole, Granky, Verlander, and DeGrom, whatever order you want. I would go Verlander, Cole, DeGrom. So, yeah. Uh, interesting note in Philly... Charlie Manuel is back as hitting coach. John Malia has been fired. Uh, he was the former World Series manager of the Phillies, brought him back to it in 2009. To me, this is just interesting because they're so analytic-driven, the Phillies. Charlie Manuel is as old school as it gets. Do you think then, with Manuel back, if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, that this is a huge warning sign Gabe Kapler's on the hot seat? No, I think I think they like Kapler. They just need some energy. In the they need a different energy, the old guy presence. And yeah. it worked. It worked short term. Another old guy on the hot seat, Don Mattingly in Florida. Derek Jeter says he's not sure if he'll be back by the end of the year or not. Uh, to me, and maybe this is just because I'm such a Donnie baseball guy, bring him back. He's developing the young players. Give him a shot to finish what he started because whoever you throw out in Miami, the team's going to suck. It's not the manager's fault. Yeah, but Don, has, is Mattingly a good manager? Have we been able? He's managed he's good in Los Angeles. Was he? I mean, Dave Roberts was the one who got them over the hump. So I guess yeah, it's fair to fair to ask. So I mean, that Marlins team's bad. Whoever manages it isn't going to do great. I don't know why. Why don't MLB free agents go to Miami? Because the stadium is empty, and they know that you never know when they're going to tear it down. Do you, the first week of the season, we looked at a stat that. Like the top ten average attendance teams per game were averaging more than the Marlins had through, I do the, first, that. through the first like six or seven games. Yeah, but Miami's cool. Hey, you're preaching to the choir there, man. Well, LeBron did it. LeBron did do it. Like people want to. Jimmy Butler did it. Miami's a cool place to live. It's true. And to end the show, I'm going to give you some of Bill Walton's greatest hits from the White Sox call Friday. Uh, his Mike Trout home run call was, oh my gosh, that's Trout. Swimming upstream, avoiding all the flies, and sending one ricocheting through the universe. Uh, to contrast, he had a later home run call, uh, which was a routine flyout where he said, oh yes, go over the fence, come on please. Oh man, so close. <laughs> the best was the foul ball back. Yeah, I mean, he... Wow! Uh, he said he wasn't really suited to play catcher because I'm much better at getting high than getting low, and that he doesn't need any direction to get high. Uh, he credited the U.S. Navy with the second greatest marketing slogan ever, a global force for good. When asked who had the best, he said, Viagra, if it lasts for more than four hours. Uh, I mean, this guy was just, he was out of this world. 
Yeah, I think I took the Pirates tonight. They're down 8 nothing. Nats up 8-zip, bottom of the second. Gotta have that attitude, baby. On that note, any concluding thoughts for this week, you guys? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Welcome back, Matt Harvey. Minor league deal with the A's. I think come September, he's going to be big for that playoff push. You think they're going to give meaningful innings in a playoff race to Matt Harvey? Yes. Yes, I do. Harvey is actually going to be a guy who might get squeezed by the 40-man roster change for September. That is also possible. Food for thought. Sam, any concluding thoughts as you're enjoying your final round of Dark Club? Uh, go Canes. Go Canes, baby. College football is back. Uh, but it's a again, tough opening game for the Canes. It'll be all right. Uh, on my end, Yanks-Dodgers, must-see series of the year, and hopefully a World Series preview because going to school in UCLA – my NL allegiance is to the Dodgers. And on that note, with Bryce Holden and Sam Beck, my name is Chase Fedorsky, and this is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Life's not far behind She never lets me in Only tells me where she's been When she's had too much to drink